Thank you for joining me at another 11 p.m. nightcap. Before we get to the rest of the nightcap episode, I'm going to take a very brief break here for an advertisement. Thanks for sticking around. Time for an 11 p.m. nightcap. Super hot sweaty edition. I say that because I am roasting my fucking balls off. Mostly because my dumbass didn't turn the... Just because mostly my dumbass didn't turn the uh, air conditioning on earlier when it was cooler. And so today, given that it was only a very nice and cool... Uh, what? 95 degrees or something like that? And super humid as shit, too. Um, I felt like I was basically having a heart attack slash heat stroke all day, which, you know, not a whole ton of fun. Um, uh, I don't know about you and about where you live. Um, I feel like what they say about things being a dry heat, uh, <laughs> really really is apt and really does uh, make a big difference. You know, super humid here and uh, just everything is sticky. Just sticky and like wet. Um, and so yeah, the, the, the thing about cooling down your home here is it isn't just uh, it isn't just the temperature, it's the dehumidifier of getting all the uh, water and stuff out of the air and uh, I didn't want to turn my uh, didn't want to turn my air conditioner on when it was already that warm because if your air conditioner just runs and runs and runs and runs, uh, that's when they tend to fail and have a meltdown. We're drinking just some old crow today. It's re-oaked. Fantastic. M Curry sixty three. Hello, how are you? So, um, some tips on air conditioner use. So, your air conditioner, if it seems like it's running a lot, and it doesn't seem like it's doing a good job, make sure you go down and you check your furnace room. Uh, you should have some tubes and pipes going basically in and out of your furnace. One of them should look sort of like a copper kind of a pipe, and the other one should kind of be in, uh, like an insulated type of uh, pipe or tube. And the one that's the copper pipe more or less should be the one that's exchanging the heat back out of your house and out of your furnace and out of the system. So if you feel that and it's not hot, it means your exchange is broken or wrong and or that it's not drawing the heat correctly out of the air. The second component is if it's running all the time or if it's low on Freon and it can't get it cold enough you'll see frost that will start to accumulate and um, that frost will accumulate because it's working too hard in terms of the thing just running 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 and your compressor will blow up and all that sort of shit. So that's kind of two little quick tips you can use to make sure that um, uh, that you know that runs runs efficiently and smoothly. Um, so do check 
that um, and to make sure that that isn't just having basically a, a, a meltdown you want to make sure that the exchanger tube is correct you want to make sure that the tube that's running the coolant isn't freezing make sure that that's not just running and running and running also make sure that if your air conditioner should have a tube to run the water for your dehumidifier a lot of people forget if you're if the hose or line that runs that out if it does not if it doesn't get the certain amount of airflow through it and it has anywhere where the water sits you might get funky shit that grows in that tube if it gets bad enough it can completely block and seal the tube and then you're going to have a whole nother different mess. You're going to have funk water that starts leaking all over the place if it doesn't damage the unit or break it as a whole. So if you don't have the money or the inclination or you can't get people out to do service and you're worried about turning your air conditioner on, those are some tips and some hints that you can use to try to check that and or make sure that when it's running it doesn't run too much or get destroyed or burn out the motor, burn out the compressor, anything like that. Cheers. The other thing to watch out for is watch the cooling, uh, the fans on the side of your air conditioner. A lot of times you'll look and those will be full of crud. You can just take a hose and a very gentle, even just sort of a nylon brush, and just brush uh, down through those combs, through those uh, fins, and just brush anything that's out there. Uh, wash that gunk away. Um, if you want to wash it down with something, you can use just a simple house wash. Uh, you could use something even just like a simple, um, a simple green spray and just a little bit of water, wash it off. You know, just a simple hose. You don't have to go nuts with that either. Um, but that'll, uh, that'll keep that running more efficiently than if all that stuff is all blocked up, which you don't, which you don't want. Um, so uh, another thing that you want to watch out for um, is you want to make sure... So a lot of people um, will go through a whole lot to... Um, to cover or keep the top of the air conditioner covered. Um, yeah, you don't want tons of debris and stuff falling in there, but beware of covering it too much. Um, you can have a, sort of a scenario where if that doesn't get adequate ventilation, um, that thing can have a backup. You can get shit that grows in there. Or turns funky, or what have you. Um, so, brush it off, clean it off, rinse it off. Um, if you absolutely have to, pull the circuit breaker out of there, reverse that around, and then make sure that uh, uh, the electricity is disconnected. And then if you have to, take the top of the cage off, clean it out, use a shop vac, clean it out of there if you have a whole lot of gunk gunkola and shit sitting in there. Um, 
And sorry, too, for the weird perspective of here sitting underneath this fan, but it's so God bless it hot in here. Uh, I didn't feel like going down in the basement and rigging this up in the basement, so we'll just do it from the other side of the kitchen, at least here I'm sitting underneath this fan, which at least feels a little bit nice. Um, yeah, I uh, need to get the outside of my house. I need... You know, it's one of those things. I, I feel like, uh, at least here where I live, we went from end of winter to bang hot summer. We didn't really get uh, a whole lot of great summer prep. And some of the weekends that we did, uh, you know, the one weekend I spent kind of working outside doing some yard work, prepping with getting mulch and stuff done, some stone. And then... Uh, like this last weekend, I was kind of out and about. Didn't feel like sitting home, didn't feel like being by myself. And then um, we got super hot. So I didn't really plan super great for um, this weather. Didn't get my garden hoses in place the way I wanted to or any of that. You know, it was supposed to rain. They were calling for rain basically all day Sunday and Monday. And we didn't get that. Instead, we got... 95 degrees with 60%, 70% humidity. So, um, in terms of hoses, uh, uh, if you're looking to replace a hose, uh, you can get these aluminum hoses, uh, or stainless steel, sorry. You can get a stainless steel sheath hose. Way better, in my opinion, than those expandable hoses. The expandable hose now... Uh, that I have is a disaster. And the reason why I say it's a disaster is because when the water pressure is, to so is totally on, okay, it expands and it's fine. But then as soon as you open the other end to, say, use a sprinkler, uh, the hose immediately starts retracting, and the thing is so rubberized that it will start pulling your sprinkler through the yard. So that hose sucks. I don't know if I'm as big a fan of the expandable hoses as I used to. The nicest thing about... Once again, the recording sort of cut out, but the big thing on the <clears throat> hoses is to make sure you get one that suits your needs and doesn't kink. I would say don't spend a fortune, but also the very cheapy hoses don't necessarily work well either. So let's take a quick break and then we'll get to part two. recorder on my phone to record these and re-upload them and every now and then uh, I swear this thing just flips out and does the does a, a weird job where it like pauses and stops I think what I should probably do is while I'm recording this turn on airplane mode so that it doesn't get wiggy and trick itself into some sort of hey there's voice and audio happening so stop the recording piece of shit. It was a cheap-ass phone. Um, I got this phone when I switched to Xfinity Mobile, because Xfinity Mobile, you can only buy a select number of phones through them, or bring your own phone, but again, it's a select number of phones. 
so you can't just bring anything you want. And um, this was a cheapy phone because I didn't know how much I wanted to keep their service and this and that and the other. And uh, now I'm just sort of waiting for the next big nice thing to come along because it's kind of slow. It's kind of running out of storage. Uh, I've had it for just about a year. And honestly, I feel like in the year that I've had it, it's been pretty solid, but it's like a $130 phone. Uh, so in that regard, you can't really go wrong for the price. Um, I don't know if anyone else uh, out there heard of these when they first announced them, and I don't know what happened to them. But I had thought the next big thing uh, was going to be those foldable phones that you could fold where you fold them in half or were supposed to be like a, a smartphone but then you could just fold it in half like the old school flip phones the technology that's used on the screen but then I don't know if that if they were having issues with those and the screens were just cracking and disintegrating or what fucking happened with those but um, uh, I swear last time I looked they were like $2,500 or something insane too, which I'm not going to pay $2,500 for a phone. As a matter of fact, while I realize they're basically mini uh, supercomputers, all things considered, uh, I'm not even paying, I mean shit, to me it's nuts to pay more than $400 for a phone. Um, I just feel like they get obsolete and damaged and old and slow. Uh, I'm kind of the same way with computers. I know some people will go the full Mac route and the buy a Mac and say, oh, you can use them forever and it's $2,500 and it's great. And Same thing with even some of those gaming computers, but I'm a little bit more on the, I just buy kind of disposable computers at this point. And uh, tablets, I mean, again, I'm recording this on a Kindle Fire 10 tablet. Um... What I've used to do my voice uh, recording and narrations recently has been a Surface Go tablet, which I don't know if I'd recommend that. It's it, What's nice about it is it is full-blown Windows 10, but... Hey, Stacy Buzz! Stacy Buzz 2013 has joined! Howdy, Stacy. Good to see you. We were talking about garden hoses, now we're talking about expensive uh, smartphones. Um... Hey, hey, cheers. But, uh, yeah, I, I, <clears throat> I bought a super cheap uh, refurbished computer to use as my work computer in there. And uh, not so, that thing wasn't so great. It was, uh, it was too far outdated, so I got rid of it and ended up uh, telling them I was going into the office and getting my office computer and bringing it back. But the, uh, the, the, the Surface Go isn't bad for just doing some small tasks on it. Um, but I'm the same way with computers. I can't see buying a computer now that's ultra expensive. I mean, unless you're doing hardcore media creation and you're uh, rendering videos or doing hardcore gaming or this or that or the other, I just don't really think the bang for your buck is there. And I would wager and wonder, honestly, again, the same thing with some of the phones. I mean, you don't want something that's so slow and outdated that's a piece of shit, but I can't see spending $1,200 for a cell phone. Especially since 
I love the stories you hear about people who pay $1,200 for a phone, can barely afford it, can't afford the insurance or the extended warranty, and then the next thing you'll hear or see is that they've either dropped it or done something and the screen, <laughs> the screen is cracked and so now you're going to spend the next three or four years or whatever your contract period is with a phone that has a cracked screen or a speaker that doesn't work. I hate that they keep updating iOS so you're forced to pay huge money just to have a decent phone. Yeah, uh, I mean, they, they have you on the hamster wheel, right? They, they make those updates and... My God, for so many of them, like, when you look at the, when you look at the programming for a lot of that stuff that's there, so I'm going to go off a little bit on st stupid geek talk level stuff, but it used to be that in some of the primary reasons that you had to upgrade your stuff, it was either speed, it was file system capability, memory, access to higher math functions, like encryption algorithms or video processing, this and that and the other. But outside of that, you didn't really have a whole lot of reason to need these huge upgrades. And where you can sort of see that a little bit is, for example, Intel now has been on like the i3, i5, i7 processors for a while. The clock speeds get faster, this and that and the other. They have added some different chipset case capabilities for some graphics. But for the most part, for the most part, for running a lot of the other software that's out there, there isn't really a need to get a whole new operating system and a whole new chipset to run most of your regular consumer-grade software. Especially since, especially since Apple, back in the day, was on the cusp of the, hey, I don't understand why anybody even writes applications anymore. Native software, who needs Windows? Just use a Mac because with a web browser, everything's going to be done in the web browser. Boy, if you write native software, you're a fucking schlub and you're going to be outdated and out of business and blah, 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 blah. That's what I was told back in the day and it gave me no, no uh, gave me no, there's no end to my, my anxiety because I was a desktop software developer and wasn't programming websites and then suddenly it was... Hey, everybody's Web 2.0. It's all websites, baby. Software's shit. Fuck you. Yeah, and then the iPhone comes out, and as it turns out, their web browser is a fucking pile and couldn't handle anything. And then it was apps, guys. There's an app for that. Apps, 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 apps. Native apps. Fucking everything's got to be a native app. And half of those are as shitty and ill-written and crappy as the crap fucking websites that they were there to replace. Because it's just an endless loop of, oh, you got more you got more speed? Well, that just means we can cram more ads in front of your face. Oh, running good for you? Well, that means we can just put another thing in to track what you're doing and record everything for fucking advertising. So, yeah, I'm a little bit, a little bit jaded and a little bit bitter on that. I'm, uh... <laughs> you were paid to test out the Microsoft cell phone. Garbage. I had a Windows phone for the longest time and I loved it. And part of the reason why I loved it was because the base core functionality of texting and the phone, the authenticator app, email, uh, most of the base level functions of the phone worked and worked until the day I finally got rid of it. And the only reason why I got rid of it 
was again because we upgraded security at work and they didn't have the app support for it. The web browser eventually fell out of date because they stopped pushing updates for it, so that sucked. But I actually thought they were fairly decent. Um, I'll say this, I got more bang for my buck on that hardware uh, in a way than I have a lot of the other things and devices that I've, that I've uh, had. They just, where they screwed it up was, they sure fixed a lot of glitches or racing, but that's what we were paid to do fine. Yeah, I mean, it, it still had some bugs. I mean, I've, I've done beta tests of stuff like that before, too, and when, when we've beta tested stuff, when I've run those, you have to make it very clear that this is not finished and has problems in it, and it's not representative of the final. And people will do that with games, too, by the way. They'll get part of some gaming beta test program, and then when they beta test it and the game crashes, they scream about how it's, you know, a piece of shit and this and that and the other. You're like, but you do realize you're beta testing something. That's the whole point of this. But I, dig I digress. Um, I, I wish there was a third player in the phone market. I don't care who it is, but I don't necessarily like Apple and their ecosystem. I never have. Uh, I don't like the way they do business, and I don't necessarily like that Android, which is supposed to be an agnostic open pro, uh, platform, is seen by everyone as Google, but it's not Google. The reason why it's Google is because Google pays the rest of these carriers to include their versions of Android that include the Play Store and everything else. And again, it comes back to ecosystem. Everybody gets locked into that. And then you're reticent to leave it because if you do, suddenly all the music and this and that and the other and all the rest of that stuff that you bought doesn't work. Um, I would love, though, an agnostic third-party player to roll in there and have something that does not have all of the tracking and this and that and the other that the phones have. And that's just uh, that's just me being picky and finicky, um, you know. On the same token, there's part of me that wishes I could go back to the old school flip phones and ditch, ditch this crap and just go back. Like I love those old school flip phones that I had. Um, you know, I had this one that was really cool. It had this neat blue LED kind of look to it, and uh, <laughs> I remember it broke one day when I was got in my car and went to flip it open to make a phone call, and the plastic snapped. And the back end of it just kind of flopped over the back of it like a limp biscuit. And that was the end of that phone. I think I, uh, I, think I used some uh, household goo or whatever to glue it back together until I could buy a replacement for it. But I had that phone for a long time. The phone was kind of fun. Um, but yeah, the, a decent carry would be nice too for cell phone bills. $300, $350 a month for Verizon. Holy shit! $350 a month? Do you pay for, uh, do you pay for multiple lines or unlimited data, uh, through that? Or what? Holy fucking God. Woo! I like how a lot of people pay, um, by I like, I mean, unlimited data. I like how it's crazy insano that you're paying a cell phone bill that's like 
half to three quarters of a luxury car payment. So, I also had uh, Verizon, and this goes uh, sort of back to what I had talked about previously. So, against my, I don't want to say better judgment, uh, I decided to give Xfinity Mobile a try. And I had some quirks about it that I don't like. However... That's like, um, I think, $46, $46-$47 a month for unlimited data. And the funny thing is, that's piggybacked off of Verizon's network. So it's basically data, text, calling, and everything else on Verizon's network, just leased basically through Xfinity. Yeah. It, it's cheap. It's really cheap. Um, and without getting TV, I just got internet. So that was the thing. If you have Xfinity internet, you can get the phone service like that for, yeah, it's like 50 bucks basically, and you have unlimited everything. And uh, that's been very reliable and worked very well. I was skeptical about that because I was a man who had a hardcore, vehement, near-biblical theory that I would never go back to Comcast. Um, but I heard some good stories. I actually heard some good stories through some friends and co-workers and what have you who had them, who said that they had a good experience and that they thought the... Do you have Xfinity Cable... 380 a month? Do you pay for TV or just internet? I'm guessing, thanks for the hearts by the way, I'm guessing that you have TV package. Um, and maybe your rates are higher where phone, TV, and internet. Um, Obviously, everybody has different needs, but I ditched the phone and the TV and went just internet. Um, depending on what you watch on TV, if you look at something like Sling or Philo, Philo is $20 a month for a channel selection that's okay. Sling's channel selection is better. Or if you didn't even want to do those and you wanted to do Hulu, you do Hulu. But I got just the internet and their cell phone plan. And with the two of those, and then the cost I pay, again, for Philo, let's say Philo is 20 bucks, and then, uh, you know, I, I get Shutter, and I'm going to get Amazon regardless because I'm always going to have Amazon Prime. Um... That saved me, yeah, like $130 a month um, to kind of just reorganize that stuff. Um, so you may want to look and see if they have some updated plans. I know for a lot of people, so if you already, you have Netflix, Hulu, and Tubi. So if you have those, um, let me just ask you, why do you still, um, why do you keep the TV um, through... Comcast as a provider.
they say this totally. It was cheaper to do the package. Right. You might want to look. I would say you might want to occasionally look around. Um, I, I, I look. They wanted two hundred dollars for internet. Oh, ah. Yeah. I mean, it may. It, the thing that sort of sucks about a lot of that too is it's like regional, right? The prices aren't the same all across the board. Um, I know where I'm at. There was a battle between. Comcast, Wide Open West, AT&T U-verse, and then <laughs> Boston with a dollar sign. Indeed. Yeah, it's uh it's not a cheap town. But good-looking high-class girls there. I'll say that. Oh, and fairly decent beer and fish and chips. And some good writers too. And a good nightlife. I used to travel for work. I went through Boston a couple times. So that's a good town. I liked it. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's my spiel on internet. And being hot and sweaty. And garden hoses. And gardening. And making sure your air conditioner works. Um... I'll go another five minutes because I'm going to finish finish the rest of this drink uh, before I sign off. But um, yeah, I always look around for those packages like that because every now and then too, the packages or the combination of the stuff in some of the packages will change, and of course they're not going to tell you because that is more service for either the same or less money. But I always poke around in there and see because you never can tell. Um, every now and then I'm like man I wish you could just go back to it was your regular telephone bill and maybe cable if you had cable if you had cable um, I, I just don't know if they're if they're going to reach a consumer set yeah Stacy Buzz says me too I just wonder if they're going to reach like a consumer saturation point on this. Like, how many different streaming platforms and apps do you need to have? And they have Quibi, Quibi, Tubi, Plex, Hulu, Netflix, and then all the rest of the channels. Stars, HBO Max. The HBO Max thing to me is even weird. Why don't you just put it on regular HBO? Didn't everybody cancel HBO after Game of Thrones ended anyway? Like, maybe just put that on the regular thing. I, that's weird to me. I just go, how many of these streaming services do you want to sign up for? And then I know a lot of people went, well, I don't want to do that, so I'm going to get those cha It's all about the cash, right? Let's say that again. In, in, uh, let, me, let me throw this out there. Amazon in their channels, like the Stars Channel, HBO Channel, and especially their Shutter Channel. If you get those through them, you often do not get either A, access to stuff that's live, and or B, you won't get access to the certain programs when they necessarily drop, when you would be able to watch them regularly on, like, cable, cable. For example, I was a huge fan of the show Counterpart. And 
new episodes would come out on Sunday, so I would go to watch it. Oh, it's not available. It's not available yet on the fucking Amazon channel. But then if you actually had the Stars subscription through the Stars app specifically or whatever, oh, then there it is. So, you know, it's it's maybe a bargain depending on what you're doing, but on some of those, I wanted to talk about those new episodes with either people at work or friends or with people online, and then that kind of screws you because it's not available. Um, you have to wait till whenever Amazon decides to get access to that stuff and enable it through their channel integration, which kind of fucking sucks. So yeah, be careful of that if you are going to grab some of those Amazon channels. I was not a fan. I was not impressed with that. I was impressed with how easy they made it for you to t for them to take your money. They did a great job with that. Absolutely perfect job of taking your dollars. <laughs> that was the whole thing with DRM and all that stuff too, right? Hey, Losman, good to see you too, brother. Um, you know the 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 thing of <laughs> that's what they all do. Yeah, I remember it used to be the biggest hurdle to so much of the buying stuff digital or stuff with digital rights, whatever, was that they made it, it was a pain in the ass to order and buy the stuff. And I remember reading articles that were like, look, if you want this to succeed, you have to make it easy for people to give you their money. And once more secure authentication met, uh, methods and everything became more available, and people had stuff just on your phone, where you get content sync across all your devices, yeah, now it's super easy. A couple of clicky click clicks, and uh, there you go. The money's out of your bank account or charged to your card, and you're in. So I will say uh, it's crazy to think about where that was even 10 years ago. Uh, drastically different experience to what it is now. Um, I mean, it, it's kind of wild. I can either use this tablet that I'm recording this on, or my fire sticks, any of those that I have, or on the computer or whatever, and yeah, it's just so easy. This just fire tablet, just tappity-tappity, and there you go, shows up everywhere. Seamless. Seamless money, right out, I mean, it's like, make it just glides right out of your wallet. Of course. So we did watch uh, this movie, Revenge for Jolly, that was on, uh, that was on Film Toilet. It took all of my willpower to say Film Toilet and not laugh, by the way. There's an account on Twitter, Film Toilet. They did a live tweet today. I was looking for something to watch. They did this Revenge for Jolly movie, which, oddly enough, uh, very... <laughs> Very much seemed to be a little bit of a copy of John Wick. Even down to one of the characters' hairstyles. Uh, kind of a weird, quirky movie. I thought it was fun. Uh, it's worth a watch. It gets slow in spots. There are spots where you're like, come on, keep it moving. But for the most part, the actors do a decent job. The violence is fairly potent. Um... 
you can't really detract from the originality because they did it before John Wick did it. The premise of the movie being that they kill this guy's dog and then he goes and he kills everybody who is responsible. Um, fairly good violence in that regard. It has a little bit of a Boondock Saints feel in that sort of way that it's presented, I guess. Um, so I'd check it out. It's on Amazon Prime. Um, the next big thing in that regard is uh, obviously coming up this weekend uh, for The Last Drive-In. And there's a lot of speculation on what might be shown. And I know some people are thinking that the second movie might either be Cannibal Ferox or Cannibal Holocaust. I can't remember what the actual name of the title is, which... Um, that is not a movie that I would recommend uh, you go out and rush to see. Uh, I think there's some actual animals that get killed on screen in that movie. It is the... It is the bottom barrel-esque of why would anybody, like, why make this and why show this? Um, sort of the 70s, 80s equivalent of just torture porn flicks that were all the rage there for a while. I'm not necessarily a fan of those movies. I do feel like, in a sense, they're worth talking about just for the historical... Uh, Yikes, have you seen Would You Rather? Actually, no, I have not. Um, I'll have to look that up. Uh, Would You Rather, does that, uh, is that available streaming on all your classic platforms? There's some, there's some, I have to see it. Huh. Alright, absolutely. Maybe I'll start watching it right after I'm done with this stream. Which is going to be in like three minutes. Check out the trailer on YouTube. Okay. Will do. Thanks for passing that along. I like that. Um, but yeah, this Cannibal Ferox, Cannibal Holocaust shit. It, it's pretty... It's in a sense just like gets to the point of depravity for depravity's sake. Um... Uh, I don't really like the idea that they killed actual animals on screen. Um, if it were up to me, that would be one that I would skip. I know that that makes some people very upset of the idea of watching it or showing it. But, hey, some of those movies that are uncomfortable, I think are maybe worth talking about for why they make us uncomfortable. I don't like the idea that the stuff that is necessarily uh, distasteful or ugly should just be swept under the carpet and we should pretend like it never happened. Um, within reason. Um, so it will be interesting to see what happens if that ends up getting... Yeah, Tiger King, legit. That's another one of those shows where, uh, I mean, like the Joe Exotic guy, the Joe Exotic guy has all these people clamoring for how he needs to get, like, the, 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 the guy is not a good guy, he's not, um, 
I say that not as somebody who's who says that he can self-judge himself as a good guy, but um, definitely some abusive personality characteristics with that dude. And uh, it is wild to me watching that show and hearing and thinking about the people that were that are out there and you got to imagine that's the tip of the iceberg right you think that shit's nuts you see some of the other shit that goes on out there um it's a harrowing thought um The world is a very sweaty, dirty, nasty place. But that doesn't mean that we shouldn't all stick together, have some laughs, have a nice chat, have a drink at the end of the day, and wish each other good night. And until next time, which will be tomorrow, should be a, should be a workout tomorrow and then a nightcap. I'm going to try and turn my air conditioner on tonight in hopes that it doesn't have a meltdown and destroy my house. Um, I want to try and listen to my own advice uh, advice and make sure that it doesn't. But outside of that, we should have a 5 p.m. workout tomorrow, and then we will do another nightcap at 11 o'clock. As always, you can find me here on Twitter, CigarGoyle, Periscope.tv, CigarGoyle, underscore, Anchor FM, CigarGoyle, CigarGoyle ASMR Lounge, you have a great night, too. If there's anything you'd like to talk about or if you have a suggestion for something you'd like to talk about on the next nightcap, if you're going to stop by, let me know. We'll look it up, talk about, again, within reason, whatever you'd like. Uh, so have a great night. Take care. Take it easy. Love you all. See ya.